This podcast is brought to you by the Specialty Produce Network. Hey everyone, it's Victoria Madian from the Vibrant Raw Living Podcast. I'm Vegan Danielle from the Specialty Produce Network. We're so excited San Diego Restaurant Week is coming. Join Specialty Produce in celebrating 180 restaurants over eight days. It's all happening this year from January 21st to January 28th. For those of you looking for plant-based options, one of our favorite restaurants, Cafe Gratitude, happens to be on the list. Go to www.sandiegorestaurantweek.com for more information. Select the drop-down menu under Type of Food and click Vegan to display other restaurants with vegan options. Don't forget to use the hashtag SDRW on social media in all of your delicious food photos and enjoy all our local San Diego chefs have to offer. Welcome to Vibrant Raw Living. I'm your host, Victoria Madian. Join me on a journey of discovering your infinite potential. Thank you so much for tuning in. Today I'm going to be talking about the concept of like, is it too late? Is it ever really too late to start anything? There are certain times of our life that pass by and we can't really get that time back to do things that we wanted to, but there's always the present moment and we can always move forward. We never know what can happen day to day, so we have to make the most of each day that we have. We never know what can happen. You know, we might have a lost job, we might get a medical diagnosis, we might get sick. There's a lot of different things that can happen. So, you know, if you really want to do something, I say make it happen and find a way to make it happen that's kind of my philosophy on things. And it's a question I get a lot, too, because being that I am a professional choreographer and dancer, you know, I have conversations with people about the fact that this is a huge part of my life. And they're like, oh, you're so lucky. Like, I wish I could have done dance or I could have, you know, danced growing up. Like, I still wish it's something that I could do. These are things that I hear quite often. And I mean, in all honesty, Especially in San Diego, there's places for adults to dance all over the place. Um, Whether you're looking for hip-hop classes, partnering, Latin ballroom, you want to take a jazz or tap class or lyrical class, there's plenty of places that offer dance classes. And even if you don't live in a community that offers that, there's ways online that you can expose yourself to you know, information and instructors that post videos online for dance. And you can follow their videos and you can follow their instruction and learn something. I know in San Diego, places where I love to go dance um, are Culture Shock. I love to go ballroom dancing at places like Queen Bee's, Synergy Dance Zone, Champion Ballroom Academy. And obviously I work with my students and I'm dancing a lot of my own choreography for, you know, things like tap, lyrical jazz, modern musical theater, all that type of stuff. But even if you are an adult and those are styles that you want to pursue, there's community theater, there's community college, there's, you know, the YMCA, you can go to your local gym, you can take Zumba classes. There's a lot of different ways that you can start to move your body and enjoy dance, 
later on into your life. I mean, I know one of the women that I practice yoga with, she's in her 60s. And after she did, I think this was either before or after she went and did a Vipassana retreat, she decided to dance and she wanted to take ballet classes, a jazz class and a tap class. And I mean, she's in her 60s. You know, like, and I see it a lot too at the ballroom dance studios as well. There are a lot of people that are more mature in age, usually, than myself that I'm dancing with. And, you know, they, they still dance and they choose to. And it's something they invest in and enjoy. And, you know, whether they're a man or a woman, like, it doesn't matter. They have a desire to dance and they found that passion and they want to make it happen. So I think. There's a lot of different ways in which we can still enjoy things later on into our life, even if we don't start them when we're younger. Even young girls that haven't, girls that are maybe, you know, girls or boys that are around, you know, 10 or 11 years old, who they see these other dancers maybe on the internet or dance competitions, or they have friends that dance that are like, wow, like, you know, some of these kids have been dancing since they were two years old. Like, I'm never going to be that good. You never know. There are plenty of professional dancers that go on to have careers in dance or at least choreography or some type of production element or at least enjoy dance that didn't start until a little bit later on in life. And you might have other skills and things that you have in your you know, history of maybe doing sports or something that's allowed you to have strength. And even if you have no experience, there's still always an opportunity to find something new and start from scratch. It might not be that as easy or come to you as easily, but if you're enjoying it, that's what matters. I know for me, dance is something that I did take a break from full time. I was more working in the field of dance when I was 18, 19 years old. I was a teacher's assistant, but I wasn't really out and actively taking classes like I was because I had kind of thought, all right, well, I'm 18, gigs up, you know, I'm not doing dance competitions anymore. So this is like the end of my dance career, (laughs) you know, and I didn't think that I was going to want to go into being a dance instructor, but it is something that kept on coming back to me. And I'm very happy that I've pursued it. But during that time when I was 18, 19 years old, you know, I didn't think that I was ever going to dance again. And it was really the inspiration that I got from studying dance, the history of dance, dance on film, things like that, that got me motivated again. Dance shows like Dancing with the Stars, So You Think You Can Dance, Dance Moms, things like that, that I would be able to actually become slightly a part of later on in the future. I actually was a judge on Dance Moms for the competition portion during a couple seasons. And that was a really rewarding experience. I didn't think that, like, if you would have told me that I would have done that years ago during that time, I don't think that I would have really thought that would have been possible. But when I came back to dance around the age of 20, I was dancing Latin ballroom at UCSD and I was able to build on a lot of the skills that I had gained when I was younger. And it was a totally different approach, but it got me moving again. And even if you used to do something that you love to do when you were younger, you can find a different way to enjoy it. 
I know many of the people that I danced with when I was in college on the ballroom team, some of them didn't have much experience before, but there was a place for them. You know, there was levels. There were people that were more advanced, some that were like more, you know, it was like sort of like JV varsity and novice. Like there were different levels, but there were plenty of people that were just like, I want to dance and they wanted to learn. And it was great energy to be around. So there's always different styles to learn. Um, last night, even, I just went and took a bolero class. And I had never danced bolero before. It's very similar to rumba, but the knees, you know, being a little bit more bent in certain movements, there's a different technique to it. But still, it was like, okay, I'm just going to go out and try this. I hadn't been ever taking that before, but it was something new and I just got out of my comfort zone and I had a really, really fun time. So even if you've never done it before, trust me, there's plenty of other people that are in the room or in that environment that also know what it's like to start somewhere. And that can be inspiring for them to be around. Oftentimes it'll be a really positive environment. So I say take the time that you have, make the most out of it and try whatever you want to. A lot of the things people ask me also about my yoga practice is they're like, oh, like I totally want to start yoga. I want to practice yoga, but I, I'm not flexible or maybe they haven't practiced yoga in a while. And there's a bit of like ambivalence. You know, they don't really feel like, oh, like what's the difference going to be? Like, I don't really want to go in a room and sweat with a bunch of people and breathe and all this. Like, why am I exposing myself to this? What's the point? You know, also sometimes people gain weight, so it's harder for them to move. And so getting back into an active practice becomes something that's a little bit difficult for them to face. They're like, you know what, it's easier for me to stay home and do, you know, activities that might be a little bit more comfortable to me, like eat or watch TV or just like do some type of like crafty thing or do something that's not very active, but maybe stimulating in another way. But they don't get to really experience what they're capable of in a yoga room. And that's not something that's getting to be fulfilled. If you even don't want to practice in the studio, I actually have sometimes if I'm traveling or I don't feel like going into the studio or I'm in a public area or semi-public or private area out in nature, I do have an app called Yoga Studio on my phone. And I think it's around $5, but there's a bunch of classes on there that you can, um, you know, try and take. It looks like a little lotus flower. It's like green and pink. And then I also have a yoga app called Yoga 108 that I was a part of. And there's plenty of pictures in there of me doing postures. And this is a yoga app that actually has series in there. It takes you through the eight limbs of yoga um, and it also teaches you how to say a lot of the postures in Sanskrit. So if you're going to a yoga teacher training or you're, you know, wanting to go to a class where they might be using the Sanskrit names of postures and you want to see what the postures look like, you'll be able to see that. And there's a way that, you know, it'll say it fast or slow. So that way it's easier for people to grasp, um, that's a really great resource. You know, and there's plenty of online videos. There's tons of people on Instagram and YouTube. Um, and even, you know, my friend Koya Webb, I know she has a yoga workout routine on the Cody app as well. 
And by the way, I'm not sponsored by any of these people. You know, the only app that I was a part of was really the Yoga 108. And, but I mean, I'm, I don't like have sponsorships from any of these people. I'm genuinely just sharing this in case people are interested and they want to try it and they don't feel like they know what resources to try. As far as YouTube people, I think one of the um, YouTubers that I came across years ago that I felt like had a really great approach and really open approach to beginners was Tara Styles, And she has several books. She's done a lot of work with Deepak Chopra over the years. And I actually got to take her class in New York a few years ago, and it was just so nice. So even if you can't be in a yoga class, if you're not comfortable going to a yoga class, there's still ways to engage with the practice of yoga, which is just connecting your mind and body um, and allowing that practice to bloom other areas of your life. I have to say, like for me, practicing yoga, it's made everything in my life a meditation. And it allows me to approach my life with a lot of presence. I've gone through so much pain, through so much struggle, so much, you know, stretching, overcoming of fear in the process of learning more about myself by practicing yoga. Like, that's not something money can buy. Really, you have to go through the process of discovering that and working through your own fears and working through your own physical limitations and pushing that a little bit, a little bit, a little bit every single day. And everybody's at a different place. I did come to my yoga practice with maybe a bit more flexibility or strength than maybe other people in the classroom. But at the same time, I had been dancing for 20 years almost you know, prior to that. So well, I won't say 20, probably like 16, 17 years. But that's a lot of work that I had done on myself prior to coming in there. So, you know, you might see other people on the internet or in life and think, oh, they have all these different advantages. But it's very possible that either people have natural ability or they worked really hard for it. And they've gone through that and you can be inspired by it, too. I know that I'm inspired by a lot of the people that come into the yoga room and everybody that comes into the yoga room. To be honest, like people that are trying their hardest and don't have like, you know, not everybody has the best of everything. It's all about making the best out of what you have. And the people that come into that room to practice, I think like I know how hard it is to even just get in the room to begin with. Um can be really difficult some days. You're just like, oh no, I just want to rest. Like, I don't want to go like stretch and stuff. But once you're in there and you're around that group energy and you take that step past all the mental fog and the excuses, you get to a place where you are really getting to experience yourself and what it feels like to be alive on a totally different level. And that's so, so worth it. I think that people sometimes don't feel like what they're doing is working for them, but they don't know what else to try. And I say keep trying different things until you really connect with that one passion or those couple passions that make you feel alive. I feel like that's why people enjoy sport. That's why they enjoy creativity because they get to experience different side of themselves in my mom's case, she didn't even start practicing yoga until she was in her late 40s, and now she's an instructor, and I mean, she's has 
all of her splits. Like, the woman is inspiring. I'm really proud of my mom. I'm glad that I can share yoga with her and that I was able to drag her to her first class because she did not want to go. She was like, what's the point of this? Like, I don't really feel like I want to do this. You know, but she was having shoulder pain, joint pain, um, you know, pain in her feet and stuff. And I was like, you know what? I think this can help you. And I don't know, like she came to one class and then kind of was like, I don't know about this. Then came back about a month later and stuck with it, and she's been practicing and teaching pretty much ever since. So I'm I'm really convinced and inspired just by her example that um, she's taking care of her fitness, and you know she's not necessarily you know in her twenties or anything, but like she's starting this because it's something that she wanted to do, and she did it, and. I think that's really awesome. We can always make excuses as to why things won't be a good idea. And I think it's always good to like weigh the outcome of situations. However, when it comes towards something that you really want, I don't feel like that's a good time to make excuses as to why you don't want to make that happen. You know, find in those moments the reasons why it should happen and how it can come true and how you can make that dream that you have realized. And think about the actions that you can take. You know, if you're not able to afford a monthly membership, which I know like yoga can definitely be expensive. It's been a really, um, you know, worthwhile investment for me. I personally really value what the yoga practice offers to me and the community that it provides for me. I really appreciate all the instructors and the mentors that I've gained through my practice, and I really do feel like it has been a very worthwhile investment in my long-term health. So, you know, it's sometimes you don't, you aren't able to connect those dots until some time has gone past and you can really see how it's benefited your life. And I think for me, it took years. And I mean, I'm going on nine years of yoga practice now, which has been such a rewarding experience. Um, but it it's, it's just the beginning. It's not even, you know, I've learned a lot from that process, but it's a process that I want to continue my whole life. And there's been times also where I've needed to take a break from yoga where I've been sick, where I've been injured, where I've really just felt like I didn't want to go to class and wanted to spend time with friends or travel or do other things, go to, you know, more dance classes. I have to be honest with myself about what I need. And I think at this point I have a good gauge on that, but I also can sympathize and empathize with people that are like, you know, who cares? Like, if I go to yoga class, it's not like I'm going to get, you know, an award. It's not like anybody's going to care. You know what I'm saying? That's a aspect of our mentality that we get to filter out. You know, it makes us approach things in our life differently. Just because I'm doing a certain action in my life, am I doing it just for the outcome of it or am I doing it because I genuinely feel like it's something that's good for me? Is it going to help me grow and develop into a positive person that I want to become or a more positive person, a more self-actualized and realized person? 
that's huge in regards to like what the foundation of this podcast is all about is like discovering what you're capable of, discovering your infinite potential, going above and beyond what you think you're capable of because you are capable of so much. Another thing people oftentimes question me about is being vegan and being a raw foodist. Now, I've been pretty open about this. Like, I've gone back and forth with being 100% raw and, you know, about 95% raw, like, including some cooked ingredients and cooked meals into my lifestyle over the past um, nine years. It's been, it'll be nine years in June of this year. So, nine years vegan. I started out raw. And I would teeter and totter going back to cooked foods every so often, have very, very long stretches of being 100% raw. And I think during the times, which is a, you know, a time that I'm at right now where I do eat 100% raw, I don't eat cooked food. The mentality behind it is like, I look at it and to some people it might seem like I failed so many times, like I failed to eat raw for long stretches of time before or that, you know, I gave up on myself or I went back to like bad eating habits or something. But I mean, it's all vegan food, like most of it's whole food. And in all honesty, I'm at really peace because I think I learned from every single one of those experiences. I learned that I genuinely don't enjoy eating cooked food. I genuinely don't feel as good when I eat cooked food and that I love eating raw. I love being able to eat foods that really nourish me. And I eat a variety of foods. I don't just eat two or three things. Like I eat a variety of color, a variety of nutrition, a variety of seasonal foods, and I really do incorporate a lot of different things into my diet so I don't feel restricted. And, you know, to anybody who ever says to me, oh, isn't that like so restrictive and so limiting? I really recommend that you download the Specialty Produce app. There's, you know, so many varieties of produce in there, and you can really see that there's so much available on a on a yearly basis on a global basis there's so many fruits and vegetables in this world that literally if you wanted to try a new one every single day you still wouldn't be able to in your life like there's so many varieties of different kinds of produce and I always get really inspired to see that because you know growing up I loved trying the foods of different countries I come from a cultural background being that I'm half Iranian and um, German and English from my mom's side, Persian from my dad's side. So, you know, I grew up being exposed to a lot of different foods and like Persian food incorporates a lot of different flavors in it. You know, there's there's dishes that have walnuts and red currants and, you know, mixed with like, there's just so many different unique flavor combinations within Persian food. It's unlike any other kind of food. And I'm really grateful that I got to grow up eating a lot of that stuff, even though it did, you know, oftentimes leave me feeling pretty sick. But um, that's just how my body reacted to it. You know, I'm grateful that I was able to find a solution to that issue by eating, you know, foods that are more whole and fresh, you know, because another aspect of Iranian culture is that there's always a lot of miva and sabs. Miva is fruits and sabs is greens. So oftentimes on a, you know, if you go to a Persian gathering or, um, you know, 
party or something, usually always at New Year's at um, No Ruse, we have, you know, huge tables with like Persian cucumbers and oranges and strawberries, grapes, bananas, apples, like all types of things. So there's a lot of fruit incorporated in the culture as well. And then sabs, which is the greens, or sabzi, like you have things like tarragon, mint, basil, you know, things like green onions, radishes, things like that that are also really prominent in the diet. So there's ways for me to still like be a part of the culture and enjoy what the culture has to offer and be able to go to these different cultural events without it sacrificing my health and my well-being. And there's ways that I've learned to socialize as a raw foodist to make it more manageable and more enjoyable. So I think whatever food you are eating, I think it's always really important that you're enjoying what you're eating, that you are grateful for the food that you have before you or that you have in your life, and that you make the best food choices that you can. Some people, I feel like they ask me about veganism and raw foods from a perspective of like, you know, I've been eating this way for a really long time, like whatever their, you know, current diet may look like. And they feel really stuck. They know they don't feel their best. They don't that they're not like really performing at their highest. They know that they're not achieving the goals in their life that they want to. And they know that they're not fulfilled. And yet they just feel like, oh, like I don't feel like I have the motivation to want to change. Like what difference is it going to make? Like why should I torture myself and restrict myself from like eating all of these foods that I really enjoy eating You know, nobody else cares. It's just going to be more of a struggle and problem for me. (laughs) Like, I totally know about that life. Like, the amount of dinners that I've gone out to, you know, and had to make, like, so many requests and, like, special changes to certain menu items. I mean, it it literally, I can't even count (laughs) how many times I've had to do that. But at the same time, it's like if you're going to a restaurant, oftentimes in my experience, they're happy to accommodate you. And, you know, if you just pick items off the menu and ingredients off the menu that they already have in the kitchen, most of the time they're willing to accommodate and, you know, um, and make it doable. So, you know, in other ways, I feel like education is really, really important. There's a ton of documentaries out there now that are really, really accessible that will educate you on ways to be vegan and enjoy more raw foods and really understand why it's important, why that change is so important for your health long term, for slowing you know, other things that may happen to prevent things like cardiovascular disease, cancer, type 2 diabetes, heart disease, all these types of things. Like all of these things can and may happen to people that we know and love in our life, including ourselves. Like knock on wood, that doesn't happen. But we have to take action in that direction to achieving more health in order to reap the benefits of it. You know, it's not too late to turn your life around, even if you've been drinking and smoking and, you know, maybe on prescription medication or drugs or whatever. Like, there are people within the vegan movement that have completely turned their life around and made their health a priority and move forward with that mindset and 
change their life for the better because you don't want to wait until you get that scare or that health crisis before, you know, you're sitting in the doctor's office and they're like, you have to change and you've got to change something now. Like we have to do this treatment. We have to do this or that. Like you don't want to wait until it gets to that point. Whatever you're doing that's not healthy for you, in all honesty, is not worth it to wait till it gets to that point. You deserve to live a healthy life. And, you know, if there are ways in which, you know, there's one of the issues that I feel like people have with veganism is sometimes they think, oh, my gosh, it's so expensive. You know, rice and beans are some of the cheapest foods and they are they offer full carbohydrate and um you know, protein, fats, like really healthy sources of all that type of stuff, more so than meat, dairy, eggs, fish, poultry, all that, animal products. Now, I mean, obviously for me personally, I prefer eating fruits and vegetables to eating any type of cooked or processed foods. But if you need to use that as a stepping stone towards eating more like fresh food, which is best designed, you know, our body is best designed to eat that type of food. And if you haven't listened to the podcast episode number four, which is the ideal human diet on this podcast, I really recommend that you listen to it. It's a really great resource for information. Whenever you're trying to make any change in your life or pursue something in a new direction, there's oftentimes fear, there's oftentimes a little bit of stress, and there's oftentimes quite a bit of accommodating you have to do for yourself and, you know, changing different aspects of your life in order to incorporate that new habit into it. You know, if you have a family and kids and you're wanting to exercise more, you have to change your habits. You have to change things about your schedule in order to make that work. Like maybe instead of coming home and watching, you know, four or five hours of television after work, like you carve out like an hour and a half to two hours or something or whatever you can fit in to go to the gym and like respect your body and take care of your body. You know, there are always options you can utilize if things are maybe not ideal for you. If you don't want to work out in a gym with other people, there's ways to move your body at home. There's ways to stretch and strengthen your body without even using any equipment. And again, like the internet can be a great resource for that. There's a lot of different ways that you can find the answer to whatever question you may have. Don't think of change as something that is so scary. Think of incorporating these new habits and new activities into your life as something that really benefits you and benefits other people. Because when you get to discover more of what you're capable of as an individual, that not only inspires other people to do the same, but it allows you to feel more positive and uplifted in your life and just feel more alive. I feel like that's one of the greatest gifts of like what we have as being alive is being able to experience all that we're capable of. And we all have different boundaries and different limitations in our life. But I think as much as we can try to push those and go a little bit beyond our comfort zone, that's how we can grow and become more of who we wish to be. And I encourage you all to do that. Thank you for tuning in to Vibrant Raw Living. Remember that you are just as worthy, deserving, and capable of achieving and maintaining your dreams as much as anyone else. 
If you have found this podcast useful, please subscribe via iTunes or SoundCloud and share it with your friends and family. You can find links to my Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Pinterest, and Snapchat in the show notes below. And if you'd like to follow me for updates, which I only share via email, come on over to my website at victoriamadian.com. I love you and I'm wishing you a wonderful day. Go out there and discover your infinite potential. The Specialty Produce app is the world's number one handheld resource on produce. The app features photographs, recipes, geography and history, taste and culinary applications on over 1,900 produce items. From apples to zapote, we've got your produce questions answered. Our app is available for both iPhone and Android. Download our app for free today.